I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Hello and happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. Oh, what's good, Tally Louise? What is good? Nothing, just been working, just enjoying the sunshine. I do you know what I just read? I just read that Sydney, so for context, like Melbourne's had the best weather. Oh, we've had a phenomenal yeah. summer. Yeah. And I just read before I was just doing a sneaky check on Daily Mail because I love Daily Mail. And they said that Sydney is going to get like a week's worth of rain or 10 days of rain as of like today or something. And I was like, suck shit, it's going to be 31 here tomorrow. I tell you. How good. Melbourne, the place to be. I know. So that kind of like, I was like, okay, great. Yeah. But um, how was your week and how was your weekend? My week and weekend was good. I've, I've a little bit agitated today. Yes, in that. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I feel like you can have those moods sometimes. Just, I was like that last week. I'm just trying to do a million things at once and I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Like this person calls me, I'm trying to do something, you need something from me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I just feel yeah. like I'm being pulled in a I million like directions. That, I was like that last week and I said to one of my friends, I'm like, I just, everyone is annoying me. Yeah. I think you're annoying me. Me now. Yeah, no, just no, 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 not today. But just everyone was annoying. No, no, but everyone was annoying me. She just went. You're annoying me. No, no, no. You were annoying me this day, but everyone was annoying me on this certain day. Oh. Like I was getting agit. Exactly the mood that you're in today. Yeah. I was in on Thursday. Yeah. I was in such a shit mood, and I remember I was like running around. I can't remember what I had on Thursday, but I remember I was going from one thing from another to another, and then trying to work in between, and it was just like really. I was getting quite overwhelmed. Exactly the same. And then I remember I was going somewhere and my sister's like, oh, no, this was Friday. And then my sister's like, oh, quick, can you please come over? The twins are annoying me. And I was like, oh. She's like, they're driving me bonkers. And I was like, fuck, and I can't say no to her. So I was like, and exactly the same mood. Mm. So I think it's, and I put something up on Instagram last week about how we're all tired. Like all our group of friends are so exhausted. And I put up something on Instagram. Everyone was saying it was the moon. Did I already talk about that on last episode? I think I, think I did. So. Yeah. So everyone was saying it was like the moon and the energy and stuff like that. But um, I'm sure I'll go home. I'll have a meditation. I'll be good. Yeah, we're actually recording in one of our friends' store who's been on the podcast before, Rochelle Gregory. She owns Rocky Raffaella. And we're in her office home actually at the moment it was recording. A, it was a bit of a creative hub with yeah. the person we interviewed yeah. today. But the reason why I'm saying this is because she's actually next door and I can hear her doing Wim Hof breathing and it's actually inspired me to like start getting back into it because the mood. Never, never knew you did Wim Hof. Yeah, I have done it a few times because I watched his documentary on Goop. Mm. So I did it during lockdown when I was at mum and dad's because I watched that documentary during lockdown yeah. I remember I was going through this weird phase where I would like and not then weird. one time we did the whole cold water thing oh, no, as I can't well do the cold water no thing. remember no, when- no no yeah I know I tried and I just can't do I'm happy to do the breathing but the cold water thing I cannot do um and I just was when I was listening to her then I was just like fuck I forgot how much breathing can like calm you down it takes dedication and what we learned 
The other week of one of our guests is you can get energy from air, light and water. Exactly. Um, And just another thing that I think will help you, maybe this is like my recommendation of the week or whatever, but I am about to start with a business coach. And I know at the end of last year we had like a business Mm -hmm. coach, but it's not just business, it's kind of life in general. And it's actually opened my eyes to allocating time, like just you know how you were saying before you have a million things to do. It's just allocating time. Like for instance, like now I've started allocating, like if it's a Tuesday or a Thursday in my diary, three hours dedicated to like TikTok, social media and research. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's in my diary and that's that time. I have to do it that time and I can't organize anything around that. It's just exactly like booking in a gym, like you going to the gym. So I feel like we probably need to sit down and go through stuff like that and be like, okay, you know, Mondays from 12 to 1, that, or not 12 to 1 because that's late. Mondays like 10 to 11 is the time that we sit down and work out what needs to be done for the day or the week and stuff like that. I feel like that might help with that like overwhelming thing. Yeah, It's definitely just, helped uh, me a little bit. A lot, you know, work, family, friends, trying to juggle it all. Yes, it is a lot. But we had such a beautiful guest on and um, actually someone that I've looked up to for a while. I think he's fucking amazing and we've wanted uh, him on for a little while. A very long time. Yeah. So it's actually uh, a fellow creative, Shane Tino. Uh, If you guys don't know him, he is on Instagram, content creator, business owner, just an all-around fucking legend. And we had him on today and I really enjoyed the chat. It was great. Do you know he and his mum, who now we both are obsessed with, yeah. their story's absolutely amazing without giving too much away with fleeing Zimbabwe mm-hmm. to setting up in a new country. Two countries. Two countries. Mm-hmm. It, it It's an actually a really inspiring story and journey. Yeah, and I think it's even more inspiring now <clears throat> to hear where he is at in life and all that kind of stuff and where she's at and, I mean, I know this podcast wasn't about his mum, but I think his mum was a massive influence on who he is today. Well, of course she is, but his drive and passion to succeed and stuff yeah. like that, I just think it's such an amazing story and he's so clever, so creative. Who would have thought like a boy from Zimbabwe forward, fast forward 25 years would be working with Louis Vuitton. I know. Like Virgil would know who he was. Crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah crazy. And I've worked with Shane a few times and, yeah, he's just such a – cool dude so yeah it's a really good episode i hope you enjoy (laughs) and we'll see you guys next week shane what is up hey 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 how are you (laughs) good how are we girls welcome to your first podcast yes i'm very excited actually yeah Um, a little bit nervous but i was like Oh, nah. Like I, even I get nervous before our podcast, but it's a pleasure to have you on. We've wanted you on for a long time. So thank you for coming on. Um, so tell us a little bit about Shane. I kind of want to know the younger version of Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, basically I was born in Zimbabwe Yeah. and my family and I left Zimbabwe when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. We moved to New Zealand. Okay. Um, I lived in New Zealand for about 10 years. And then we moved to Australia in 2010, December 2010. Yeah. And when you moved to Australia, did you move to Metro Melbourne or were you kind of country? Um, We moved to Swan Hill, which is like a very small country town. You know, there was like two high schools there. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't get any smaller, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could beat you. I grew up in Kyneton, definitely smaller oh than Swan God. Hill. No. Yeah. <laughs> Swan Hill's pretty small and isolated. Yeah, very isolated. What made your family leave Zimbabwe? 
So my uh, my mother, I grew up with a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad passed away when I was seven, but he wasn't really around. So, mm-hmm. but my mom um, worked in politics. Wow. And yeah, back in two thousand and two, when we left, yeah. it started to get really dangerous. Uh-huh. And um, she was working for like the opposition leading party. Um, she was working for a guy called Morgan Twangirai, who was like trying to take over the country from Robert Mugabe. And basically um, my mum's party won the election that year. Oh, wow. But Robert Mugabe refused to give up the presidency yeah. power. Oh, wow. So he sent all the troops into all the towns and literally beating up all no. the opposition leaders. So my mum just literally said, nah, we're going. And she sold literally everything we owned. Um and caught up a few friends in the UK and New Zealand and then we were able to get visas quicker into New Zealand. So we're like, this is oh where we're going. Oh, my God, yeah. How, yeah. how long was that process of packing up and essentially fleeing Zimbabwe? Three months. Okay. So the, the toughest part about leaving countries in Africa is everything's so corrupt. So mm. you can't apply for a passport normally. You've got yeah. to pay someone in the back door and literally mm-hmm. go through so many loopholes. So took so long for us to get passports but once we got that and then it was we were able to quickly um go to New Zealand yeah Yeah. but how amazing is your mum for doing that oh 100% I always think how many kids in the family we've got three boys including myself yeah yeah Yeah. oh my god respect level is high what was it were you ever scared living over there honestly before that year that those elections Mm. it was never dangerous Mm. um We've always been like quite a civil country, just very poor Zimbabwe. Mm. Um, but we we were very comfortable. Like mum, when you work in politics over in Africa, normally people in those industries are very like very, very comfortable mm, with yeah. cleaners, cooks, the whole lot. So yeah. to be honest, the toughest life I've ever lived was Coming. Coming here. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. never been tougher for us. Yeah. You yeah. hear all those horror stories of people being like held at gunpoint mm. over there and things like that. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. So we've got a lot of uh, family fled from Zimbabwe to move to South Africa. Yeah. And that's even more Word. dangerous. Yeah. So oh, is it? Yeah, because that's heard, where I've yeah. heard the stories. Oh, more dangerous than that. 100%. Wow. So I've had families no. held at gunpoint. My yeah. second cousin was shot and killed oh, in Johannesburg. Yeah. Like just... They will rob you for a phone, wow. like an iPhone. It's, Shit. Yeah, it's very, yeah. So you don't have any family left over there? Uh, I still have a lot of family in Zimbabwe, yeah. but half of my family are now living in South Africa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when you came to Australia, you obviously went to school. Did you find school? Or New Zealand oh, first. Oh, sorry, New Zealand, New Zealand first. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, New Zealand. Did you find school difficult, kind of like trying to merge into this new? Oh, my God. Like moving to New Zealand, it was such um it was it was so difficult to be honest yeah like we so we we actually lived in a very small town uh-huh. um little town called Gisborne oh yeah, there's yeah, about yeah. 20,000 people there uh-huh. um and again town with three high schools mm-hmm. very small and I think we were one of the very first African families to ever live in yeah. such a small town mm-hmm. so a lot of the you know, families and people around town that hadn't ever seen yeah. black people before. So, you know, yeah, it was, we got bullied a lot. No way, really, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, some people are just obviously not being educated enough to meet other cultures and, yeah, it was it was tough. Mm. It was really tough. I would hope and yeah. think it would be different now if you guys, like, yeah. if, if it was yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah. So, and then after that, so how long were you in New Zealand for? Ten years. Ten, oh, ten yeah. years. Yeah. Shit. So mm. then why did you guys move to Australia? Um, so, oh, um, yeah, so mum, after she left politics, yeah, yeah, yeah. she started nursing and kind of like immersed herself into the whole health industry. Okay. Um, so she really had to, you know, get a new job and she mm-hmm. was studying at the same time and working double shifts. Um, and, you know, the bullying didn't slow down for us mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, I remember the last year we left, um, these kids literally followed, would follow us home and like try and throw stones at our house. (gasps) Yeah. God, kids. And um, yeah, I got into this big scrap at school. Yeah. And like in small towns, there's like gangs. Yeah. Mm. In like actual gangs Mm. and their families do like drugs and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it got really dangerous. I got into a fight with some kid who was quite well connected. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was like, oh, you know, I'll get my cousins to come oh, after you guys. And at this point, like, mum had finished uni mm-hmm. and um, she had just started probably about one or two years into nursing. And she was like, you know what, there's more work yeah. in Australia. We can just leave and just start again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we kind of just made that call and... Yeah. Were things better when you got to Swan Hill? Because in my head, it's still a small it town and small mentality. Yes. Um, I actually remember flying into Australia and the first thing I thought, like looking down, like in the plane, looking down yeah. into Australia, I was like, whoa, it looks so deserty. Yeah, it, it does. It looks like South Africa, literally. Yeah. And that's my first thought. Like yeah, I, right, I hadn't been back home in a yeah. while and I was like, whoa. Yeah. And um. Yeah, moving to Swan Hill was people weren't racist towards me. Yeah. But I found what the most shocking thing for me was there was a lot of people were racist towards Aboriginal people. Oh, you're right. I I couldn't understand that because, you know, coming from New Zealand, the Maldives and the Kiwis, it's all pretty much like you can't really tell the difference. Mm -hmm. So there's not, there's no like, divide there Mm. but coming here and just seeing how aboriginals were being treated it was quite a huge cultural shock Mm. yeah um yeah yeah it was it was really really interesting how do you think those years and being exposed to that kind of behavior towards you and your family has shaped you like Mm. to me you seem like a really empathetic gentle person yeah it's definitely look um you know obviously it made me really strong because I was, I've always been the, the like, the male figure in my family, mm-hmm. having two younger brothers. Um, you know, I've kind of had to really step up and just be strong for my, for my young brothers. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just made me realise, like, there's always other people experiencing it worse, worse than you. Yeah. Like, there's whatever it is, mm-hmm. there's always someone going through something worse. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of very quickly learned that. Yeah. Let's talk about, I want to, like, dive a little bit deeper into, like, your career and how, like, after the school years and stuff mm. like that. So you're obviously, like, a creative director mm. in fashion. How did you get into fashion? Um, so 
in year 12, I decided I was never going to uni. I've, yeah. I've never been good at like school. Mm-hmm. I can't sit down for too long. <laughs> yeah. um, so I just knew like this is, I'll never be able to study. So what am I going to do? And I really liked clo- like fashion and mm-hmm. clothes and, you know, I can't, my love for clothes kind of started when we used to like, um, I used to wear secondhand like clothes because, mm-hmm. you know, we went, we were practically poor. Yeah. And um, when I got my first job, I was working at a cafe and I saved up a bit of money and I went to this store, Cotton On. Yeah. And I spent like, you know, like it was like $100 and I was able to get four items. And I learned to help to style myself yeah. with a, such a low budget, you know, wow. mixing secondhand clothes with whatever I could mm-hmm. buy. And yeah. I had to, when you live in a small town, you got to fit in. And yeah. the only way people fit in is how you look, how yeah, you look, how you, how you dress. Mm-hmm. So I really had to make the most of what I had. Mm-hmm. And that made me love clothes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you feel like people accepted you more by the way you dressed? Once I understood what people liked, yes, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So they they saw you and like, oh, he's cool. Yeah. So then wow. that's cool, and that's why you probably adapt to each brand that you work with as a content mm. creator now as well, which I 100%. think is cool. So you love fashion and stuff like that. Did you end up creating a brand, or what did you start? Yeah. And what so happened? basically, um, I did a. So once I realized I wasn't going to uni, I did a electrical apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Did that for two years and I hated Swan so Hill. I cannot imagine you doing that. Literally, but that was my life. You know, I'd yeah. get up five in the morning yeah. doing like solar panels, working at the abattoirs. But yeah, yeah, two years in, I realized like this is not for me. Yeah. So I was like to my mom, hey, I'm moving to Bendigo. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm literally quitting my apprenticeship next week. And then I just dropped everything. I'm picked up, moved to Bendigo. Fuck, that's brave. And I met a couple of young people who were like in the night scene. So mm-hmm. I started um, going out a lot. And this guy was running this nightclub called Hoo-Ha. It's an old club in Bendigo. Um, he, I ended up moving in with him mm-hmm. and he, he was a DJ. Mm-hmm. So he taught me how to DJ. And then I got into DJing with a friend. We were like in a, we were in a DJ duo. Yeah. Um, and that like kind of like took off. We're yeah. getting a lot of gigs, um, you know, doing gigs around Australia and stuff. And oh, wow. Then, around Australia. Yeah, yeah we were getting booked like in Brisbane and driving back and forth to Melbourne. Um, cool. Playing at clubs. And yeah. I was like 18, 19. Yeah. And then um, I, I just started getting, I, I got, I think, Instagram in, I remember because I posted, I remember fitting out my first PowerPoint as yeah. an electrician and I that was my first post on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was like in 2012. So, and then 2013, this brand messaged yeah. me on Instagram saying, hey, would love to dress you guys to your mm. DJ gigs. Oh, my God. Right? I'm like, oh, this is cool. And yeah. they're based in Melbourne. Um, the guys who, the brand Nina Pasadena, their own like Neverland store and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, I kind of turned around and I said to the owner, hey, I'm actually interested in working in fashion. I want to move to Melbourne. Um, would you have any opportunities available? And he turned around and said, hey, come down to Melbourne, we'll have a meeting. So I got in my car, drove down, had literally slept in my car that night, yeah. um, went into the office and I told him what I wanted to do and he's like, yeah, that's fine. We've got a shop on Chubber Street. Um, start in retail and see how you go. Yeah. So I basically started working for this company 
started from being a uh, retail assistant, then worked my way up into like assistant store manager. And I was managing a couple of stores for them. And one day the owner of the store said to me, hey, we actually need a model for our website. Um, Would you be keen to do some modeling? Yeah. So from working in retail, it led me into doing modeling. And then from modeling and me posting my jobs on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I got this um, this person from Cotton On Head Office DM my Instagram again saying, hey, we're actually wanting to shoot this big campaign on Monday. It was like a Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you to come to my house in Port Melbourne. On Saturday, I need to do a quick fitting with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I really want to use you. And I, I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? Oh, my God. Because I was just doing like a couple of photo shoots for the company yeah. just for like yeah. fun. Yeah. And then... I went to her house and she's like, yep. She texts me and she's like, we're booking you. Come Monday, it's a two-day shoot. And I'm like, I just got what's going on, <laughs> right? And anyway, it's got booked for this job and the, back then modelling was paying a lot more than it yeah, does now. 100%. It was like an eight-grand job. Yeah. And me coming from like working in retail and all of a sudden I'm getting paid eight grand for yeah. two, day, two days. I was like. Just to stand in front of a camera. What <laughs> is going like on? You know, like I love clothes. Yeah. And, they want me to wear clothes yeah, and get yeah. paid for it. So it was just like, whoa, yeah. there's something here. Yeah. And that's like literally how I got into fashion. Isn't that funny? Yeah. You literally were talking about how you used to go to Cotton On with to, the hun- yes. money that you saved and then all of a sudden literally. if it's the universe, it's wild. Yeah, I literally, I remember calling my mom and it was like, this is the first that's so crazy. company I literally bought from and yeah. now it's like full 360. Do they know that? Um, I did tell the yeah. marketing manager at the time. So, it was, yeah, it was a very special thing to me. Yeah. It still is today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's like an iconic Australian brand. Yeah. Like mm. such a successful brand and, yeah. yeah. How were you in front of the camera? Um, were you a natural? They thought I was. <laughs> wow. From, that, from then, they literally booked me for like every month for the rest of that year. So oh, wow. And that literally blew up my modelling career. Yeah. I was then getting booked from like being put on back of buses, no big campaigns, yeah. like on train stations, like for different clients. And was your following big at that time? No, I think I had, um, well, it wasn't big. I had like 7 or 8K, but back then Instagram wasn't still, still a like lot. a thing. No. So it was kind yeah. of still like a lot for like especially a guy because, yeah. you know. No tits and ass. Yeah. <laughs> Guys are very, yeah, it's 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 different as yeah. a guy influencer in the space. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, so after that, obviously, content creation. And mm. you were saying before that you get a lot of DMs from males about content mm. creation. And that's that. would you say you're full-time in that now? Or yeah, obviously- 100%. So um, I uh, fought, um, so a couple of years forward, I, I, I was modeling for a lot, like a, all around like Australia and going overseas. And when I came back, I was like kind of wanted to get more into like branding and stuff. So I kind of pulled back from modeling and started content creation. Yeah. And yeah, so for the last two years, that has been my full-time job. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So from someone who isn't an influencer, Mm. (laughs) um, content creation in the sense that you were reaching out to brands at this stage and mm. being like, I can deliver this for you? 100%. So my my whole thing was, and still to this day, I don't like to think of myself as an influencer and I don't 
I, I like to think that clients don't think of me as an influencer. Mm-hmm. I always put content creation first. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just, I've always known that clients always need more content. So how can I help them create more content for their brand? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's still kind of like modeling yeah, true. In a way, but I'm creating the content myself at home, whether mm. it's with with a friend or with my brother or yeah. with a tripod, you yeah. know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you're very creative and you your are. your content is very high quality, by the way, as well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it is. So like I said before, you get a lot of questions from males about mm. content creation. Can you just do a little bit of a run through of what the most common questions are and the answer to that? Yeah. The biggest question is how do you get into the industry and how do you get into a point where clients want to work with you? Yeah. Um, question one, how do you get into the industry? Um, for me, when I wanted to really focus on content creation, I knew that I had to prove myself to the clients. So you have to create a lot of organic content for yourself. You're styling yourself, mm. you know, Buying, I had to buy a lot of clothes from brands that I could see myself working with yep. to show them that, hey, I actually suit your brand and I'll then go create that content for free. Mm-hmm. So I did that for about uh, probably a year mm-hmm. and then slowly and steadily it turned into paid jobs. Yeah. And what would be another question they ask you? Um, What's the other one? How do you get paid work? So. I found like you got to reach out to clients and, you know, be very professional. Don't be afraid to send a direct message. Hey, I'd love to work with you. Um, This is what I can offer. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. A lot of people I feel like are afraid to put themselves out there and ask the question. Mm -hmm. So, you know, general rule is if you don't ask, you don't get. And what's a no anyway? Mm -hmm. It's not like you had Mm -hmm. the job before. So don't be afraid to get turned down. Yeah. What would you say you're one of your like top brands that you've worked with, like dream brand? Oh, I mean, I've been very fortunate enough to work with, you know, create content for brands like Louis Vuitton. Um, just did a job last week for Christian Louboutin. Wow. Um, I've shot content for David Jones. Um Givenchy, I've got a job coming up with Givenchy. Yeah, it's I've been very lucky to work with some high-end brands, but I, I also like, um, you know, small streetwear brands. Mm-hmm. So I like working with local brands. Yeah, I've been, you know, yeah. Yeah. I like a mixture of yeah. both. Do these companies reach out to you in your DMs and is it just on Australia, Australia base or is it worldwide campaigns you're working on? Um. When I first started, I had one one of my biggest less slash finest jobs to this day. I had the head of marketing from um, Kentucky. Oh wow! wow. Direct message me on Instagram, yeah. and she said, "Hey, um, you know, would love to book you for a month trip. No way! All paid for, um, and we'll pay you per day as well. No way! Oh my God, that's so a dream. It was literally, and that was all through Instagram. Yeah." Um, and yeah, so I literally worked for a month in um, Central America, no just way. waking up every day, shooting content with yeah. the company. Um, and I did another, like a year later, I did another job with them um, in Spain, yeah. doing the same thing. And then I've had, um, 
you know, the guy's creative team for Grazia magazine reach out and they were working with Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they flew me um, business class to New York. This was my first time at New York Fashion Week. Oh, my God. Um, and, again, like, it's, you know, coming from a small little town of 20,000 people and then sitting front row in New York at Fashion Week That's and it. working with Coach, which to me is one of the biggest brands mm-hmm. in America, I I'll never forget that moment. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Did yeah. you ever do you ever look back and think of the, like the young boy in yeah. in Gisborne in New Zealand? Did you think this could be 100%. your life? Hundred percent. I I never thought it could be my life, but my grandma who helped raise me, um, she had um, she had such a big heart, and she would always look after all the families around our small village. Yeah, mm. and um, she always said like. You're going to go places, yeah. just believe in yourself. And I've always thought if I push myself hard enough, I can achieve big things. Yeah. Yeah. So, And I always think about how my family back home are living and that's my biggest yeah. driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also like your mum, like mm. I think a lot of influence from your mum by the sounds 100%. of it. She like sounds like an absolute powerhouse. Um, so is there any, do you find any pressure being a content creator on Instagram? Yes, I feel like I was having a, a chat with a friend who I work with, Kevin, who's like a videographer last mm-hmm. night actually about this, um, the importance of evolving and adjusting with the times. And we yeah. actually spoke yeah. about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Kelly. Um, yeah, it's like with, with the new platforms coming in, we've got TikTok now. Um, if you don't adapt, you literally get left behind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very simple. So, you know, and the hardest thing for me, with when I started focusing on, you know, designing and stuff, I kind of took my foot off mm-hmm. content creation over the last four months because I, I was at a comfortable position getting a lot of work come through. And then January is always the quietest time of the year. And then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I'm ready to content create mm-hmm. again and I'm getting no work coming yeah. through. And that was all due to me not putting myself out there and creating organic content. Mm-hmm. And now like I'm like, all right, got to reset my mindset and I've got to get back into that driving seat of being hungry to create organic mm-hmm. content and yep. on new platforms like yep. TikTok. And I think you mentioned something about YouTube, YouTube reels yeah. now as well, yeah. like short videos. So I'm just like. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So going back, you just said designing mm. and stuff. So you've created a business with your friend Flynn mm-hmm. called Reimagine. So yep. how did that start? And tell us a little bit about that business. Um, yeah. So. Literally, I, I I was still DJing like occasionally, you know, for friends and events. I was signed to an agency called Lucky Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Flynn's brother had a birthday and one of the DJs pulled out and Flynn's dad booked me to go play at the gig. Mm-hmm. And I, I was working for um, Flynn's dad's business, like doing modelling and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically I met Flynn at his brother's birthday, DJing, mm-hmm. and Flynn's like, hey, let's grab a coffee. Yeah. Um, and we had a coffee and we realised we had so much in common. He's like, let's do something together. And three months later, we started sampling. Mm-hmm. Three um, months later? Yeah, literally. Fuck. I like to move fast. Yeah. Like, I feel like I don't like, if I want to do something, I really have to engage in it now, Fully. otherwise I'll lose interest. Yeah. I've yeah. got to be always yeah. present. What's your creative design process like? Like I know what Tully's is, how she mm. sketches things and things like that. Yeah. What's yours? 
Um, so naturally going back to the way my brain kind of works and learn, it's like, cause I can't really apply myself in certain ways. So I try and I, I the first thing I ever did when I got into, took interest in clothing mm-hmm. was watch Raph Simmons' documentary. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. You need to watch it. It's okay, amazing. Okay, I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically like I, I wanted to understand how other creatives work mm-hmm. and just learning from him and his process kind of made me think, wow, that's actually the way I think. Mm-hmm. And so basically the the process is I start with research yep. and I'll, I'll pull up artwork, imagery, um, places I've traveled. I'll reference old photos, um, magazines and old fashioned archives. And then I'll start with creating a mood board mm-hmm. um, and kind of pull together like a vibe I'm liking. And then from there, I always like to tell stories with mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing. So what is the story? And then I, I'll build a story around whatever concept I'm working on. And then I'll start to research words within that story. Oh, that's wow. cool. You get me? And yeah. I'll start to search the meaning of those words. And from then I can pull more meanings and more graphics yeah. and create a graphic mood board. Um, I'm not very good at sketching. And I've only started really learning how to use uh, Illustrator. Mm-hmm. I know the basics. So um, I did a short course in Illustrator probably a few years, three years ago now um, at a school called Melbourne Fashion Institute. I'm not sure if it's still around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they teach you the ba- basics of, like, using Illustrator mm-hmm. and how to create yeah. um, templates or, like, just how to do a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's like my kind of my process. Yeah. And then start to bring everything together. So how old's the brand now? Uh reimagined is two years old, okay. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the aesthetic of the brand for people um, listening? Oh my God. So we started the whole thing at the start. We wanted to create an online um fast fashion. Hate to say it, but yeah, our goal was to create an online fast fashion brand. Um targeting women's wear. So mm-hmm. we're doing dresses and um, going out clothes for young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but due to COVID, we kind of, we had to, people stopped going out. So all our online sales just literally stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like to Flynn, hey, we need to try something else. And everyone at the time was doing loungewear. So we're like, fuck it, let's yeah. try this. And then we're, we had a couple of great successes with the sell through. Um, and then we're like, well, this is seems seems to be working, so let's try doing pop up stores. Mm-hmm. And then we got into that. Yeah, the store at uh, Chadston looked amazing. Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, thank cool. you. Yeah. What designers do you look up to in the industry? Raph Simmons is probably yeah, my favorite designer, creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I did look up heavily. Uh, to Virgil Abloh. I yeah, I know. I was going to say, know, you've, seriously. you've done a lot with Virgil in the past. Like I've seen he. With the Louis Vuitton. Yeah, he's 100%. Re- he's, he's re-grammed you and all this stuff. Definitely. As a, as a creative, he's my, still is mm. my biggest inspiration. And I think when I say creative, I think overall his whole philosophy and how he applied himself into different mediums is I see myself Similar to like that, like DJing and, you know, like to do music and now it was doing uh, furniture and other things. So, like, you know, I love that. And, yeah, yeah, that that was 
and having no fashion background and never studied fashion myself mm-hmm. and he never studied fashion, I really looked up to, hey, you can actually do something yeah. without having the, the degree. There's other ways to learn. Yeah. 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 So working in fashion, obviously you're very involved in content creation, which is quite mm. an isolating career, I'd say, mm. in a way. Do you struggle at all with like mental health or like stuff like that? Yes. It's not really widely spoken about. In- yeah, um, for sure. 100%, you know, we chatted about it over the phone. Yeah. For me, the, the toughest thing is, you know, growing a social media platform. Mm-hmm. People always have a perception of you. And when you go out, people already have an assumption of yeah. what you may be like or, you know, mm-hmm. how your vibe's like. And to be honest, that's that can be very overwhelming. And then there's the pressure of always, you know, keeping up to date with the trends and always posting and that's that's daunting in itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, it makes you like really struggle with your confidence sometimes and it's like, and then there's like my, my biggest issue at the moment, and you guys may laugh when I say this, but I've been having like very bad um, like body issues. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. over Christmas I put on a lot of weight, um, I think about eight kilos, and yeah. I'm like, I've always been really s- slim. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been sample size. Mm-hmm. And a lot of brands, when when they're creating new content, yeah. they send you samples because yeah, the product's not out yet. Of course, yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, you know, in January, now we're in Feb, I've been like, oh, my God, I really need to get back to my yeah. old self. But mm-hmm. I'm 27 now and my body's evolving and it's course, changing. Yeah. And I don't think I'm overweight, but I'm not as slim as I used to yeah. be. So been, you know, having mental fights within myself, I'm trying really hard to get back to my shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you feel down about yourself and it makes you feel like, you I know. think we've all been there. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and it, it's not really spoken about in the male space. No. It's like everything you're just saying, I'm like, yeah, I've been there. You're yeah. Been there. We've all been there. It's just not spoken about. And it's shit and it's like you do feel shit. Oh, one mm. thing for me is like ever since – turning 30, my mm. hips have just started to get wider. I'm mm. like, well, my baby's, my body's getting ready for a baby, but yeah. I don't like that because I don't fit my jeans anymore. Yeah, 100%. it is really hard. It's hard. Do you have any tools to help when you're feeling? Um, I listen to a lot of music. I listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts and what I've been getting into now is, you know, with COVID it's hard because we weren't able to do social sports and things like mm. that. I used to play futsal. Um, so now I just joined like a local soccer team oh, yeah, and it's cool. still social. I'm not doing anything serious, yeah. but it's good for my mental health mm. to to be socializing with other guys outside. and also outside playing yeah. sports. I actually remember I started playing, you know, training three weeks ago and I hadn't played soccer in like six years. Yeah. I used to be very passionate about yeah. it. I remember laying on the pitch and we train at night at yeah. like 7 p.m. And just looking up into this into the stars, and I literally said to myself, "I'm here," oh, and I it love felt that. so good. Like yeah. I just felt so good about myself. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love that. That's really cool. Yeah. So you're starting to feel better about yourself. I am. I That's am. Good. I am. It's yeah. t- look. It was a. I feel like I had a rocky start to the year, but now I've just kind of took some time off work. I literally took a month and a half off Instagram, um, and I just spent a lot of time with my family. Yeah, That's important. you know, my little brothers. And, yeah, now I feel like I'm back on track. Yeah. yeah. I've got that hunger again to yeah. create content and to exercise and to do other yeah. things. You're yeah. finding your mojo again. Yeah. I think you've got to take a step back sometimes yeah. and really re- assess what everything you around you. Yeah. And then- 
I think it how I think it helps. I think I was saying this to you on the phone. January and the start of this year was so weird, and we've spoken mm. about it on the podcast before. I think a lot of people were feeling like that. Mm. I think I felt like that a little bit as well, like just lost yeah. a little bit. It's kind of a, a time where people start reassessing, like they're, if they're in their comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, they're like, okay, what's going to take me out of this comfort zone to grow? Yeah, as literally, because that's I feel like we've all been so stagnant for a while, oh, of course, and we were, I think. Over it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think as guys as well, you know, I remember when I was feeling down, I reached out. I was like, should I reach out to my friend? Like my, one of my best mates. And um, guys, we sometimes feel like we have to be close in and we can't share how we're yeah. feeling. And I just remember, you know, I, I called my best mate. I'm like, hey, mate, I'd love to catch up. Let's go for a coffee. Yeah. He didn't even ask me, hey, what's wrong? I was like, yeah, fine. Let's, yeah. You know. Not that it's out of the blue, but it was during the day on a work work week, so yeah. you knew that oh, it was, was serious, yeah. And, yeah, we just sat down and had a coffee and literally an hour later I felt better, great, you know, yeah. like better, definitely. And it's just like sometimes you need your friends just to bounce ideas off and, yeah, we shouldn't be really afraid to reach out to other yeah. people. Yeah, I think that's why I'm proud for of you for doing that, yeah. Why do you think men tend to hold back? I feel like there's this mess. Masculinity, I can't even say the word yeah, properly, help me out. Yeah. Masculinity. Yes. Yeah, um, figure. Ego. Ego thing yeah. around it that, oh, you can't tell someone, hey, I'm not feeling great. Hey, mm. there's something wrong. Mm. You know, and, yeah, I think sometimes we just feel like we've got to put this front on. Mm. That you're always strong. Yeah, and yeah nothing like everything is amazing. Right. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you think not. ashamed or no or just – Sometimes, yeah, you do feel ashamed. I feel like with this, the biggest pressure about social media is yeah. everyone wants to think that everything is going great mm. and everyone puts up their, yeah. their perfect lives. Yeah. It's literally highlight reels yeah. of yeah. people's best moments in life. Yeah. But people that people think that's how everyone lives. Yeah. But in re- reality, it's not. So sometimes we feel ashamed to say, hey, actually, life's not great. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you, as both of you being, social media people, do you ever put your vulnerabilities up there? I know you do, Tal. Have you ever put your vulnerabilities up on for social media? I think when I first began, I used to share a lot. Mm. And, yeah, last year things just got, I just got so busy and I kind of got, I don't know if saying I lost my way, but I got really overwhelmed overwhelmed and you get caught yeah. up in it a caught little up. bit. You yeah, do. You exactly. get caught up in it. And I feel like I find the pressure a lot. Like, I mean, I am quite vulnerable, but I think you get through a stage where you think you think too hard into the content and 100%. Instagram and you're like, it's a business, it's a business. Mm. And then you're like, no, 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 I am the business. Yeah. So people- It's a and, part of you. Yeah, yeah. So I am a bit like that. I get lost in between who I am. And as much as I'm trying to be as who I am on Instagram, yeah. I get lost of the kind of person- I don't know. It's weird. Mm. I say this to you often. I'm like, I'm so sick of it. I don't know who mm. I am anymore. Literally. Because you do. You feel like, I don't know, you get caught up in it's a business, it's a business, it's a business. Mm. Be like, no, no, I am the business. So yeah. I've got to be real, raw and vulnerable. Yeah. Because that's why people follow you as well. 100%. Yeah. And it's okay to share those moments exactly. with your family or, yeah. you know. Did you open up to your family that you were struggling? 100%. So, again, Growing up with such a strong mother, we've always had the most amazing relationships. Yeah, so I literally, yeah. I call my mum 
every day and we yeah. just chat about everything. Oh, I yeah. love your mum and I, I haven't know, even met her. I know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm like, she sounds so amazing. Yeah. I feel like we need her on the podcast. Yeah, Seriously. She's, she's great. Yeah. She's actually amazing, yeah. What? Does she still live in Swan Hill? No, so after I moved to Bendigo, she's, you know, she wanted to move to Bendigo, but by the time I left to Melbourne, she moved to Bendigo. So oh, now no. I know we keep missing each other. She's so. chasing you yeah. down to Melbourne. No, she's living in Bendigo. <laughs> she loves it there. And, Bendigo um, is great. It is a good town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is good. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next for you? Um, so one of the biggest things for me this year is to I've I actually spent the last two months kind of taking a step back, mm-hmm. and now I've had to clear my mind and reassess where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. And so my focus for the year will really just to be push myself creatively, um, whether it's designing for my brand or focusing on my content creation, mm-hmm. but I really want to elevate my content to the next level. Yep. And I think that will be putting out different forms of medium, which is like the YouTube reels yeah. we mentioned Videos, and TikTok yeah. and video. Um, which I think is cool because people get to know you better as a 100%. person. And I think that's important, mm. especially for TikTok. Like yeah. it's really important. It's, and, even mm. sharing, like, exactly what we are talking about for, like, the mental health things, like, in men and then sharing the hard, don't you think on TikTok, like, sharing more of the business, the yeah. hardship yeah. behind it, the people. The processes. Because, like you said 100%. before, people have this perception of who you are, your life, mm. and everyone's like, but you don't share the shit things. 100%. So I feel like, I don't know if that's where you want to go, but I feel like TikTok is massive mm. for that, like, yeah, for engagement for sure. and stuff. Is TV and presenting a thing in the future because I know you had a little TV stint in um, last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, look, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I enjoy the experience. Yeah. Um, For those that don't know, what were you on? Um, I did. I, I went on Love Island. I think that's um, great. I like would love to do a show, yeah. but I'm just too scared. They yeah. don't hire anyone our age anyway. Yeah, so we applied for Amazing Race. <laughs> look, to, we're too old. <laughs> to be honest, like. Um, you know, they asked me like two or three years in a row and, um, you know, I'd always been in a relationship. But I've always wanted to put myself in an uncomfortable yeah, I like that. position because <laughs> yeah. I like to push myself and yeah. challenge myself. So I'm, I'm glad I did it because I'm one of those people, if I feel like I need to do something, I won't stop thinking about doing it, doing it until I've done it. Yeah. And now I'm like, yep, I've ticked that off my yeah. list. What's next? What's my next yeah, drive yeah. to get me? So I won't be going back into TV. <laughs> well, that's um, the thing. You, w- you wouldn't have known you wouldn't want yeah, to if yeah, you didn't try 100%. it. True. Exactly yeah. right. So I, I always had other ideas of oh, I could do this in TV, I could do mm. that. But now I just I know that, nah, I actually just love what I do. Yeah. I love more behind the scenes, creative directing and mm-hmm. that. But I'm also diversifying mm-hmm. this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you talk yeah. about that? Yeah, I can. I'll, I'll touch into into yeah. it a little bit. Um, so, you know, I've actually my biggest supporter in life, my mother. Yeah. Um, What's your mum's name? Namusa. Namusa. Oh, I, I love, love her. her. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's. You know, she's at a point now where, you know, my my other brother lives in Adelaide. He's studying, and so there's only one one of us at home. So uh-huh. she's got a lot of free time and. You know, she loves her job and she, she kind of further studied in mental health and she's a oh. uh, NS practitioner specialising in, in mental health and drug and yeah, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and, yes, yeah, so I've, I've been kind of been pushing her to, to really 
um, break through into yes. that space and, and build a business. Yeah. Mm. So we've uh, started a business in Bendigo. Oh, my God. Um, which is it's going to be servicing and helping people, you know, with drug and alcohol yeah, problems yeah, yeah, yeah. and mental health. That's and amazing. I'm just helping her with the back end and yeah. setting up the business and – yeah, she just she needs a, a little bit of push, and I'm I'm really excited for yeah. me. I've spent the last couple of months kind of taking what I know about fashion and yeah, kind yeah. of thinking how can we market and reach out more people that we can help yeah. through this business. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's it's exciting. I'm learning a lot, and I, I just like that I'm able to work on other things as well as yeah. fashion. Yeah. Keeps my brain. 100%. I'm thinking That's yeah. so yeah. exciting for you and your I really mom. would love to have your mum mm. on when yeah. she like sets it up. I'm not even joking. Like I would love to. So yeah. you're just going to be working with drug and alcohol? It's anyone that's so, going through any issue? Well, mental and drug and alcohol. Yeah. So not just drug and alcohol. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll help. Um, so the business will focus on also disability yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a wide range, but the the specialty will be. She spent the last eight years working at a prison. Oh wow. A um, couple of different prisons actually, and she's been like mentoring people and helping them get through their drug and alcohol she problems. She is so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there wouldn't be much like that in Bendigo either. Mm. No. No. Yeah. So and unfortunately, you know, in in country towns, yeah, there's always right. the biggest. Um, like ice and yeah, really so yeah. A lot of people are out there looking for help. Yeah. Well, I think you awesome. guys are going to help many, many people. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's amazing. And That's- it's something you know she's passionate about, and I'm passionate about it. But obviously, it's more her thing, and I'm just loving being able to support her and yeah, really yeah. push her, and you know. What an exciting yeah. time so cool. for her too. That's yeah. cool. Well, I think that's about it. Yeah. Mm. I actually really enjoyed talking to you. You're like really, yeah, it's good. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. It's been so nice getting to know you. Yeah. And now I, I just want to get to know your mum too. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Shane. No, thanks, girls. Thank you. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.